Sometimes doing the wrong thing seems, well, right. Maybe you tell a white lie or take something that doesn't belong to you. Sure, doing something wrong might give you a leg up in the moment, but at the end of the day, there are consequences to these actions. So how do we keep from doing wrong to get ahead? That's exactly what the man of today's episode will find out. Let's dive in. Hello, friends. Welcome to the Unshackled Audio Drama Podcast, where we share the gospel of Jesus Christ through the art form of audio drama. Yes, and that includes sound effects. I'm Timothy Gregory, bringing you the story of a man who built a life for himself on crime and money. That is, until the consequences of his actions caught up with him. We'll see just whose firm hand pointed him in the right direction on today's Unshackled Audio Drama Podcast. Also, you'll want to stick around because later we're going to give the rest of you an opportunity to enter yet another sweepstakes drawing for a prize. No, it's not a cash prize, but it is a prize, and I think it's a prize that you are really going to like if we draw your name. But first, let's get to it, folks. The true story of Roger Munchion. <laughs> what a night, Raj. And the party will continue once we're home. <laughs> Woohoo! Whoa, here, Mariana, hold this. Any spills in here, and you're paying to get it detailed. Just watch where you're <laughs> Those stupid semis never stay out of the way. <laughs> Roger, look out! <laughs> The man in our story was determined to rise to the top, but unaware of what awaited. Based on his book, Rescued, Not Arrested, we bring you the true story of Roger Munchian, right now on Unshackled. As an Armenian immigrant, I grew up among the violence and hopelessness of East LA. Despite my surroundings, I was a stellar student, a varsity jock, and a second chair violinist. No one suspected my secret life was filled with drugs, thievery, and violence, bubbling just below my well-composed veneer. But there were rules I lived by. I ran fast, I ran hard, and didn't allow anybody to take anything from me. Still, there were certain virtues I upheld, especially when it came to money. Hello? Hey, man. You sound awful. I felt better. Mm. You calling in? I did. They said to see if you could madden the front window today. Absolutely. Dude, I don't get why you're still working at the bank. You got loads of cash from lifting that Jag and that Audi last week. Those were donations. Donations? <laughs> I stood roadside Sunset Boulevard and smiled. And those rich folks were kind enough to give up their fancy cars. Maybe the Bulldog 38 pointed at them helped. <laughs> <laughs> Perhaps. But I owe my folks 2200 bucks for bailing me out of county. Well, give them the money you got from the chop shop. You'll be even. Are you kidding me? I'm not going to give my folks tainted money. It'd be easier. They're my folks. They're getting honest money I'm earning hourly. So you'd rather pick up all these extra shifts instead of digging into your sock drawer? You got it. I was a straight-A student sitting on a full-ride scholarship to Cal State. My father had learned the survival virtues of vodka in a Siberian labor camp. 
So to him, a new bottle of the stuff was the American dream. As a result, my mother picked up work here and there, which provided me and my sister minimal food. The first time I smoked pot, I perceived that it boosted my self-esteem like nothing else had. Understanding I could hook others up and make money in the process opened up a new world of opportunity. Only I'd soon learn how dark and violent that world was. Oh, I got high quick. Yeah. Oh, no, man. This, this ain't good. What, we got Hondo? Now he's... No. Loco went down. Spray of lead just ripped him apart like he was nothing. Loco? No! You know what this means? I shouldn't have gotten the White Fence gang involved. It means White Fence be holding you responsible. Such a mess. Hey, responsible as in a life for a life. A price on your head. They're coming after me? White Fence will track you down, man. Found out where you lay your head, they will not rest. And with the price on you, there's no trust in nobody. This is bad. This is really bad. Get out of town, man. It's the only way. If they don't kill you on your way out. It was hard to wrap my mind around. My personal vendetta against Hondo had led to a gunfight and the loss of multiple lives within minutes. It was terrifying to realize how many guys and gangs would be out for me. And I knew they wouldn't stop until I was in a body bag. I raced home as fast as I could to grab a few things and tell my parents. Mom, Dad, I don't have time to explain. But a fight just went down, and a guy took a bullet from me. And now there's a price on my head. And I gotta get out of the city or I'm dead. And now... I'm going with you. What? Dad, no! I'm going, Raj. In Armenia, it's tradition. The father follows the son. Raj, we do this together. Where? Where you go? I don't know, Mama. All I know is we can't stay here. We can't stay. We'll take my car. They'll recognize yours. Yes. <sighs> All right. I help back. I watched the twinkling L.A. lights fade in the rearview mirror, knowing I could never go back. My life there was over. All of it. My father and I made it to Phoenix. Mom moved out, and we settled in a house there. I had learned my lesson and was done with drugs and trafficking and gangs. But it seemed just a different kind of trouble awaited. I'll be with you in a second. No, it's just me. I'll take it from here. Dad, I, I've only been here a few hours. Let me... You're working two jobs, going to school. You take a break. Dad... I just feel so bad. This is not your fault. It is. I'm the one who wanted you and Mama to buy this sandwich shop. We didn't know the numbers weren't true. I should have known that woman was taking advantage of us, giving us a loan herself. And, and if we can't make rent, she takes her shop back. Makes me wonder how many times she sold it. Me too. But I swear, I will make it right. I'll figure out how to make rent. She won't be getting it back from us. As much as I wanted to stay away from drugs and gangs, averaging less than three hours of sleep at night from working so much had caught up with me. The way I saw it, drug trafficking was a quick and easy way to make up the money we were short on. I already knew how to do it. It was the profession I understood, and I had already tried to be recruited for it by a guy named Nufo. Whoa, whoa, whoa. What are you doing in my truck? Oh, just checking out your stereo. Yeah, I bet. 
you were going to lift it. Let's just calm down a minute and chat. You can put the gun down. Why? So you can draw yours? No way, buddy. Hey, I didn't take anything. No harm, no foul, right? Oh, that's not my rule. Mine is no one takes my things. No one touches them without permission. Okay. I'm sorry, man. Put your buckle on. We're going for a drive. Oh, man. Is this how you roll? You're going to take me out into the desert and put a bullet in the back of my head? Oh, please. Just drop me somewhere in my neighborhood or I'll end up coyote dung. You hungry? If you're gonna buy my last supper, shouldn't it be steak or something? Best I can do is a quarter pounder with cheese. Make it a Big Mac. <laughs> uh, dude, how am I supposed to eat with that gun aimed at my chest? You'll figure it out. That's cruel. Making me wait to die. I wanted to talk to you. You're good, but you're not as good as me. Yeah, all right. I heard you can pick up quality weed, and that's what I want. No coke or meth. Yeah, but there's good profit in both. Meth rots your face away. And I saw a guy die taking in a lung full of coke, so no thanks. Okay, got it. What about goods? I lift electronics, TV, stereo, sometimes jewelry. How often? A few times a month. From now on, we're putting together a customer list, and we're hitting every night. Every night? It's a worthy goal. You can't randomly steal because you need the dough. You gotta have a plan, and not waste your money on your own stash, or you'll end up like all the other brain-dead homies around here. <laughs> all right. I made rent on the sandwich shop that month and didn't worry anymore. I grew my connections and network and was smart trying to expect the unexpected. As much thought as I put in, I sure wasn't prepared for what happened next. Can I help you, officer? Yeah, what's the rush tonight? I'm hurrying to pick up my mother and sister at the airport. Huh, I can smell marijuana. Can you please exit the vehicle, sir? The desert has all kinds of smells. Mr. Uh, Munchian, uh, if you give me a flight number, I'll be sure to let your mother know you're going to be late. I'd say 10 to 15 years. Folks, we'll get back to Roger's story in just a moment, but first, I want to share a bit about how our ministry is able to bring hope to people all over the world. Unshackled is now in its 71st year of spreading the good news through powerful stories about real people. Our success is a result of God's blessing and the involvement of, well, supporters like you. When you contribute to Unshackled, it has a direct impact. Your support allows us to hire quality writers, talented actors, as you can hear, a skilled production team, and a devoted staff. Through your support, we're able to share Unshackled worldwide. So, in order to continue the work of spreading the gospel and allowing us to offer this program for free, won't you consider making a donation to Unshackled? It's really quite easy. All you need to do is click on the live link, if there's one where you're listening, or visit our podcast website at unshackledpodcast.org. That's unshackledpodcast.org. Org, and then click the donate button. Or you can always write a check, unshackled, we take checks. You mail that check to 1458 South Canal Street, Chicago, Illinois, 60607. We thank you for your partnership in our ministry. And now, let's get back to Roger's story. He said scratched? Maybe they didn't have enough to keep me. Speeding, possession of a deadly weapon, Ziploc bags of pot, rocks of crack, and a bag of blow... 
And you got scratched and released just like that? It's how I went down. I don't buy it, man. And you said an unmarked car pulled you over. Yeah, it was weird. That's not some regular traffic stop. Think they've been watching me? <laughs> I bet so. If I was you, I'd lay low, you know? The cops did have their eyes on me. But it's hard to lay low when your suppliers have product and customers have orders. When I was trafficking back in full force, they busted me. And this time, had even more charges. I spent a year in jail before being released for work furlough. But I had made some useful connections. So, uh, what are you saying, Raj? You run your dope business the way you ran your insurance business. You serious? If you want to be successful and not just some street punk. What about this deal? I'll check it out. You do that? For you. But I'm telling you, if I sense anything wrong, anything out of line, I'll come back and pop a cap in the middle of your forehead. I, I understand. You want to work for me? I'll pay you five large per load to start. All right. I don't do anything on spec. I get a solid order from Detroit and set it up with my guy in L.A. and pay him in full. <laughs> That's smart. Watch me. Do it the way I do it, and you'll be okay. There was a certain finesse in the way I trafficked drugs. My entire operation ran like a well-oiled machine. I wised up and quit being red-eyed and jagged up on my own supply. I dressed sharp, looked cool, and reinvested my money instead of snorting or sucking it. As business moved fast and grew large, it didn't satisfy my lust for more. More money, more women, more power. I believed I was unstoppable. What relationships I did have were short-lived. We're here. The airport? Here's a one-way expense paid ticket to Burbank, California. What? I had the attorney file the papers this morning, and you'll be receiving a copy in the mail. Make sure you get them notarized when you sign so it's all binding. You don't sign, I'll have you served. But what about the baby, Roger? Karine, you're nuts! You miscarried! There is no baby! But my pregnancy was a sign from God that he wants to bring us children. Don't bring God into this! He's got nothing to do with my life! It's just over? Get out of the Porsche, Karine. I ran my own show. My arrogant mindset was, if God wanted to sit by and watch, he was welcome to. I wasn't going to be burdened by the weight of marriage, and I especially didn't want to be tied to one woman when I could have anyone I wanted. My attitude was exactly why God had to go so far to get my attention. <sighs> what? What? Oh. Alma? Alma! Alma, no, 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 no. Please, God. Please, please, God. Wait. And there's Marianne. You were so happy and giddy just a moment ago. Nine one one, what is your emergency? I, uh... 911, I hear you, sir. What is the emergency? I was in the... Killed two people. Sir. Help! Send help! I don't deserve... I don't deserve to live. Where's my Glock? I'll end this once for all. Heineken. Who drinks... Heineken? Jaxie! Jaxie! 
Jaxie, where are you? Jaxie! How could I forget? I had three passengers, not two. Gotta leave a note. Everyone leaves a note. I don't know what to write. Other than... God help me. That bridge will work. It's high enough. I'll heave myself over the side and this will all be over. Oh no. I gotta get out of here. Stay where you are. Breathe. On your knees. You don't understand. You don't understand. Canine, release. I ignored the garbled commands barked from the megaphone above and pushed towards the guardrail to hurl myself over. The orders to surrender didn't sway me. Not this time. I'd only surrendered to death. But as I threw myself over, a dog bit, clamping down on my leg, allowing just enough time for the officers to reach me. As much hostility they expressed towards me, I hated myself so much more. How does it feel to have taken two innocent lives, you maggot? You're booked on two counts of vehicular homicide. So, uh, enjoy your view from death row. No, 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 no. How can this be? Alma, I'd trade places with you. You should be living. God. God, are you there? Help me, God. Help me. Help me. God, please. In my agony, I gripped the intake form they slapped into my chest, the one that read homicide, and branded me a murderer for the rest of my life. I realized just how powerless I truly was. I couldn't fix anything, and I needed help. I didn't know how I could live with myself. Everyone was shocked the following morning. Huh? What, what is it? You lucky son of a gun. What? <laughs> I've never seen anything like this, not in all my years. I'm, I'm not following. Here, your new intake form. What do you mean new? Read it. Two assault charges? I, I don't, don't get it. The victims are alive. They can't be. I saw them, laying there with their eyes open, not moving, not breathing. They're in critical condition down at Good Sam's. It's impossible. E even the officers on the scene, e even when they booked me, we all knew. Well, these are still serious charges, and we will deal with them. I heard God's answer. He was saying, Trust me, Roger. I will show you great and wonderful things. And I was never the same again. The charges were lowered and I was sentenced to five years probation. But it was a fine line between the criminal life and the straight life. I wanted to keep all I had gained from trafficking drugs, but also wanted it to be done. I shared this with my longtime associate, Nufo. Man, Roger, you're freaking me out. I'm telling you, down there in that hole, there was only one glimmer of light, only one hope, God. 
You going religious on me is the last thing we need. For the first time in my life, God is real. And I cried out to him, Lord, save me. Have you lost your mind? No, Nufo. I've been checking out a church and talking to Pastor Frank. How wonderful. He told me a story about a man named Saul. How he was knocked off his horse by a blinding light on the road to Damascus. And that's how God got his attention. So you think that's like you? I do. I didn't get arrested that night. I got rescued. God rescued me. Listen to what Pastor Frank shared with me from the Bible. I wrote it down. If we confess our sins, he is faithful and just to forgive us our sins and to cleanse us from all unrighteousness. I did this. Okay, seriously, Raj, don't go soft on me. I'm a new man. You know, we got a lot of bad people around us. We built something good. And there's guys that were killed to get a piece of it. Yeah, I know. They sense you've gone weak. They're gonna pounce. You can't just walk away from this. Things are different. The state decides to execute you, you might sit on death row 20 years. But if any punk decides you gotta go, you get popped in 20 minutes. I knew that day, God had something more. Something bigger. The more I surrendered to him, the more things opened up for me that were credible and lawful. My legitimate insurance business was growing in ways I couldn't explain, and I knew God was working. I was quitting the drug trade, so I contacted my associates from a payphone. I never suspected it was tapped by the feds. Unaware of the extent of trouble I'd be in, I thought life was continuing on, and my parents arranged for me to marry a beautiful Armenian woman, Sirarpi. I thought it was just a regular Monday morning as I sat at my desk at the insurance company reading my Bible. However, it was anything but regular. Come in. Roger Munchian? Yeah? Back room clear. Hey, remember me? Not really. Let me see your hands. All right. I take it you're not here to inquire about an insurance policy. Roger Munchian, you have the right to remain silent. Anything you say can and will be used against you. There were federal marshals, Arizona police force, and customs officers all there to escort me to a waiting sedan outside, and then to a federal building downtown. I added up the charges. 12 class two felonies, two counts of conspiracy, conducting an illegal enterprise, and possession of marijuana for sale or transfer. All in all, it'd mean 150 years behind bars. But I felt God was whispering, trust me, Roger, trust me. Look at this. The timeline. What we have on the cartel was following Roger Munchian's auto accident, which happened in 97 when he went straight. Well, he's still been involved. Absolutely, but maybe we don't have everything we thought we did on him. In 2003, the judge sentenced me to seven years in prison, and I ended up serving 20 months before being released. I tell people, I didn't go to prison. I went to Bible college, and the Holy Spirit and my study Bible were my teachers. Prison life was not easy. I was tempted at times to use the position I'd held in the drug world to protect myself. But I knew if I did that, I would stray from what God had in store for me. I had to fear God more than I feared man. I was determined to be a follower of Christ and represent His love and power to those around me, no matter the cost. God helped me stand firm in my convictions while being respectful 
to those around me. As I served my time, the Lord began to show me His love for incarcerated people and the need for His Word behind bars. He planted the idea of a ministry in my heart called Rescued, Not Arrested, RNA. RNA has since reached millions of prisoners, both around the world and in 500 U.S. prisons. Praise God, Serarpi and our children were waiting for me when I was released from prison in December 2004. Friend, God is in the rescue business. No matter where you are, He is there, and He is ready to help you out of your pit and into a life of redemption. Trust Him and do the right thing. I am living proof that God can use anyone. Listening friend, God breaks, God calls, God refines. He used Roger's incarceration period to sanctify him and make a man full of purpose, purpose to proclaim the gospel of Jesus Christ. If you desire a personal relationship with the one true living Savior, one that can transform your life like he did Roger's, you can call 1-888-NEED-HIM or you can get in touch with us here at Pacific Garden Mission, 1458 South Canal Street, Chicago, Illinois, 60607. Now, we love hearing from our listeners here on the Unshackled Audio Drama Podcast, so send us your questions and we'll answer them here. It can be something you're curious about or just something you want to share with us. All you have to do is write us at podcast at unshackled.org or call and leave us a message at 312-281-1264. We'd love to hear from you. Now, before we get to our sweepstakes drawing info, I just want to remind you to subscribe or like our Unshackled Audio Drama Podcast. You can even share it or tell a friend. We'd also love for you to review or rate our podcast, and don't forget to check out our other podcasts on this same platform, Unshackled Daily Devotionals and Unshackled In Person. We appreciate your input and involvement in our ministry. And again, please consider supporting us so we can freely offer quality Christian programming to the world. All right, the prize for this sweepstakes contest is yet another beautiful wooden scripture plaque. The verse on this one is Romans 5, 8. But God commendeth his love toward us in that while we were yet sinners, Christ died for us. This specific plaque has dark brown bark and a golden center. The scripture is written in light green color that makes it pop. If you'd like to take a peek at this scripture plaque, you're welcome to visit our podcast website, unshackledpodcast.org, and stop by the audio drama page for a picture. Folks, unfortunately, we are only able to mail this plaque to locations within the United States, so our drawing is limited to U.S. addresses. But if you reside in the U.S., all you have to do to enter our sweepstakes drawing is call 312-281-1264 or email podcast at unshackled.org and give us your name, phone number, and email. That's your name, phone number, and email. The winner of the sweepstake for this beautiful scripture plaque will be announced March 20th, but the deadline for entry is March 4th. We look forward to hearing from you, and next time... You're still not playing? No, 
And I'm rethinking my plan of a baseball career, Robbie. Maybe I'll try to get into the local fire academy. I'm not surprised. You were following the lights and sirens as soon as you could drive. It's exciting to watch fire and rescue teams. I love it. Tommy Neiman grew up wanting to be a baseball player. Instead, he became a paramedic and firefighter. His legs are mangled. Ah, uh, he's losing consciousness. Hey, buddy, stay with us. He's experienced life and death situations as few of us have. Tommy, you got heavy fuel close by. I can handle it. Don't miss this dramatic and exciting story of what it's like to save lives. I'm here to help you. Now, I realize you must be pretty discouraged. I can't even kill myself right. There's nothing worth living for. If you think things are bad now, they can't compare to the misery of dying without him. It's the true testimony of Tommy Neiman, coming soon on Unshackled. Heard in the true story of Roger Munchian were Demetrius Troy, Allison Voller, Kurt Nabig, Brian Plaharchik, and Ryan Priester. Original music, Caleb Tolleson. Sound effects, Martin Robinson. Sound assistant, Holly Krajewski. Recording engineer, David Pierczynski. Audio engineer, Michael Kahn. Script, Kylie Hammond. That's it for this week's Unshackled Audio Drama Podcast. So until next time, unless our Lord returns before then, I'm Timothy Gregory, your brother in Christ. <laughs>